Yo, what's going on, people? And welcome back to the Blockchain Enterprises podcast. I'm your host, Digi, and the aim of this podcast is to show you how anyone can start a business, find their dream job, or develop a revenue stream in this emerging blockchain industry. Most, if not all of our guests, started with just an idea, a few hundred dollars, and a Twitter account. Before we meet today's guest, Here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you in assistance with our sponsors Crypto.com and Uhodler. Our first sponsor Crypto.com is a well-established platform and their mobile app offers the following features. A built-in exchange that lets users buy and sell 7 fiat and over 50 cryptocurrencies. A tiered debit card system that allows users to earn crypto cashback. Crypto Earn, which is a simple interest program allowing users to earn interest on any deposits held on the platform. And so much more, including their free-for-free promotion. You can check out the link in the description below for a $50 sign-up bonus. So go ahead and sign up today. Our second sponsor, Uhodler, is a fintech platform focused on crypto backlending with fiat, crypto and stablecoin loans available. Users are able to perform crypto to fiat and crypto to crypto conversions as well as open high-yield savings accounts for any crypto deposits. The platform supports the top 20 coins and tokens, and the app can be found online at uhodler.com or via Android or iOS applications. Sign up today to try their original multi-hodl tool, which is a unique feature powered by crypto-backed loans, and it helps users take advantage of crypto market volatility in either direction. With fewer fees than other margin trading platforms and an overall clean and simple look, MultiHodl is an efficient way to multiply your crypto portfolio. You can check out the link in the description below to get more info or sign up to their platform. Today we're joined by Jack Voorhees, founder and CEO of Icecap Diamonds. Icecap Diamonds is a platform that tokenizes diamonds on the Ethereum blockchain using the ERC721 non-fungible token protocol. So let's go ahead and speak with Jack. What's going on people and welcome back to the Blockchain Enterprises podcast. Today we're joined by Jack Voorhees from the Icecap Diamonds project. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you, Jack? Very good. Pleased to be here. Pleasure having you on. Um, so before we get started talking about your projects and Icecap Diamonds, do you want to tell us a bit about your background? Um, sure. I, uh, I've been in the diamond industry all my life, uh, but got into it in kind of a strange way. In the late 70s, there was a trend for diamonds to be purchased by investors, and a lot of uh, it became a billion-dollar market before it crashed, and a lot of companies were set up to serve that market. I um, foolishly tried to get into it, but discovered diamonds were not a good investment because you could 
buy them, but you couldn't sell them. There was no two-way marketplace. Mm -hmm. So I decided rather than be one of those people selling diamonds to investors, I would instead create a marketplace for that industry using computer technology. Well, I did that. Uh, it took a number of years to put it together. It was a joint venture eventually with Xerox Corporation. And within a month of when we were ready to launch, the entire diamond investment market crashed because of suddenly Reagan came in and there was uh, suddenly uh, low, uh, very uh, low inflation and high interest rates. Mm -hmm. So we retooled Polygon and applied it to the jewelry industry instead. And by doing that, um, we were able to, to, to stay in business. And actually, that became a very successful operation. And it, it was a disruptive influence in the diamond industry. It caused a lot of margins to change. And uh, eventually, uh, millions of dollars a day were being traded over Polygon. And it exists today as a very large part of the industry. I sold that company about 10 years ago, and I've been a consultant in the diamond industry ever since. So that's my background. Wow, I mean, it's highly impressive. I mean, 40 plus years of experience in any industry is, is definitely to be valued. I mean, it's it's a lot more than the age of, of you know, majority of crypto traders themselves. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of like your your um, experience in the blockchain space, like how, how have you kind of moved over from, from what you're doing in the diamond industry over to blockchain? And what was your first experience here? Right. Um, well, I sort of was pulled into it, not by me discovering it, but by my son, whose uh, name is Eric Voorhees. And I think he's, he's a reasonably well-known person in the, mm -hmm. in the crypto blockchain space. But I remember the one night I was visiting him in New Hampshire, and he said, Dad, let's go to dinner. I need to talk to you about something. And so over dinner, he, he basically revealed to me this thing called Bitcoin, and he said he's decided he's going to devote his, his life to it. It's going to be his passion. And I, you know, trying to be a supportive father, it was like, uh, what is this thing exactly? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he's had his own exciting journey in it. But I, you know, as, as a father, I've been right there with him, sort of um, very curious about it all. And as things, would, as things happened, because I had a ringside seat to some of those early developments, I became... Um, the J at the JCK Las Vegas jewelry show, which is the largest jewelry show in the world, in 2014, I became the first speaker to speak to the jewelry industry about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and blockchain, um, which now, of course, that's a big deal in the diamond and jewelry industry. Everyone's talking about it. A lot of jewelers are accepting Bitcoin, but I was the first to actually make the presentation and kind of kick it off. And all that was, of course, not because of me, but because of Eric. And so I've been sort of interested in it all, but it never had a direct impact on me until about nine months ago when we realized we, what we could do with IceCap. That's a, that's a very interesting story. And, and for anyone who's listening out there, you know, we often get the, the jokes on Twitter about how everyone's kind of shilling Bitcoin to their friends, family members, their parents. I, I think this is a great example of like, you know, your son, Eric, as you mentioned, is very established in this industry. He's had his company since 2014. The fact that obviously he's then relayed that back onto you and you as someone who's highly experienced in your industry have been then, you know, able to, to kind of relay that back out to, to the wider yes. market. Um, we, we mentioned in the intro that you're one of the founders at Icecap Diamonds. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how this came about since 2014, since you mentioned you first got into the space? Yeah, well, IceCap is very new. It's uh, we really just started IceCap in uh, in 2020. It's um, and we only went into operation about two weeks ago. Uh, so I've been since I sold my my company um, Polygon in 2000 and left it in 2009. I've been, like I said, kind of a consultant. 
until about nine months ago. And I was uh, having breakfast with Eric again. And he said, Dad, have you ever heard about this thing called non-fungible tokens? Mm -hmm. And I said, what? No. And so he started telling me about it, uh, this, this ERC-721 standard built on the Ethereum blockchain. And I started kind of vaguing out. You know, I hadn't had enough coffee yet. And I said, Eric, why are you telling me all this? Sounds interesting, but not really my thing. And he said, well, because I've been thinking about this, you could take a diamond and store it in a vault and issue a non-fungible token representing ownership of that diamond. And then that token could be traded on crypto marketplaces like OpenSea and Pixura and others that will be coming along. Um, and if you did that, you would essentially solve the problem for diamond investors that today don't have a, a, any way that they can buy and sell diamonds and, and expand their hard asset portfolio. <laughs> just about fell out of my chair and I said, Eric, I, you, know, you weren't even born at the time, but are you aware that I spent most of my early years with Polygon trying to make Polygon the solution for diamond investors? Mm -hmm. And he said, no, I didn't know that. And of course, why would he? Almost no one knows that. The origins of Polygon are, are you know, back in the mists of history. Mm -hmm. But I said, Eric, I know all about the diamond investment market. I was, I was trying to serve it and I finally gave up and switched to diamonds and the rest is history. So I said, let me ask you a bunch of questions. So I started asking him all the questions because I knew all the reasons why this wouldn't work, right? And at the end of about half an hour, I decided he was right. It would work. And, that, and then he said to me, Dad, you know, no one knows more about online diamond trading than you do. And I know quite a bit about crypto. Let's create this company and um, solve the problem for diamond investors. And that's how IceCap was born. And then, like I said, we, we formally launched the company itself in, in this year, January, and, and actually got it in business and, and going a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I think that's a, a great story in terms of one, one of the main aims of our podcast is to promote to our listeners the benefit of you know starting your own project in crypto, um, and, and I think it's um, it's 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 a, it's a great fit for for you and your son. Um, in terms of, I'm just on your website at the moment. For anyone listening out there, you can find the website at icecap.diamonds. Um, I'm just having a look through. Do you want to tell us about some of the features of IceCap and how it works? Yeah, and it's it's all kind of new. I, I, I can't say like we're Burger King and we're just like McDonald's but better. You know, there's no no real good model to say what we're doing because what we're doing is so new, but I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, so the idea is to give people who wish to diversify some of their hard asset portfolio into diamonds to give them an easy way of doing that. And there is no easy way now because they're like we were saying, there's no two way marketplace. You you have to buy at a high retail price and you sell at sub wholesale. So you're going to lose the value of your diamond investment just on the in and out journey. Mm -hmm. So the alternative to that, what we do at IceCap, we buy diamonds on the wholesale marketplace. We then issue tokens, non-fungible tokens to each one. We store the diamonds in a vault, issue each diamond a token, and then make those tokens available on the OpenSea marketplace, which is OpenSea.io, by the way. And that's the, the today the primary marketplace for trading in non-fungible tokens. And there's a lot of stuff traded there. You know, there's there's rare wines, there's crypto kitties, um, and now there are tokens representing ownership of diamonds. So, so what is it we're doing? We're basically um, making it all happen. We're, we're obtaining the diamonds, we're tokenizing them, we're, we're putting the tokens up there on OpenSea. So an investor can now buy one of those tokens. And if they do, they can do uh, one of three things with it. They can redeem it and take the diamond, 
no, no reason not to do that if they want to hold the diamond. They can take the token and just keep it in their own wallet and you know not worry about it for five years until they decide to sell it. <clears throat> or they can, immediately, if they want to, immediately turn around and sell it back again on OpenSea and maybe at a markup or whatever. Um, so if they, if they do that, when the investor finally sells the token, presumably they are selling it at the same general price level at which they bought it, you know, absent whatever price movement there's been in the underlying commodity itself. Mm -hmm. But at least they're not buying at retail and selling at sub-wholesale. They're going in and out at the same market level um, that, they, that they began with. And that's the thing that's never before been possible in the diamond industry. Um, it sounds very appealing, and, and for in, someone who's been in the industry for, for a long time, since 2013, and seen several bull cycles, I think diversification of your assets is always a good thing, especially if you know we, we do enter a, a bull market um, over the next couple of years. Just a quick question here. Um, we often joke about getting girlfriends in, in the crypto space once you know price hits yeah. a certain level. If, if someone wanted to buy a diamond off here, um, you know, and they wanted to, let's say, make a wedding ring out of it. Would this be cheaper than from buying it on another marketplace, like you mentioned, the wholesale and the retail cost, etc.? Um, yeah, really good question, and I have a very specific answer to that. It's it's one of the things we have talked about internally. Like, would it make sense for not so much an investor, but someone that just actually wanted a diamond for jewelry to mm -hmm. buy from us? And here's my answer to that. Um, we are, def we are redefining a word that was around in the 70s when diamond investment was a big deal. The, the term is investment-grade diamonds. That term, um, I never liked that term back in the, in the late 70s, 80s, because no one really knew what it meant, and it generally was used to mean the most expensive diamonds. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason to think that the most expensive diamonds are the best diamonds for investment. It's like saying the most expensive real estate is the best for investment. Yet you don't know because you can't predict the future. But we have um, <clears throat> reprised that term and are using it now in our own communication to refer to a diamond that is much easier to sell, to liquidate, than most diamonds. And I need to explain, I need to get a little bit into the weeds here. A lot of people that know diamonds know about what's called the four C's, the color, clarity, carat weight, and cut quality. What they don't know is that those four C's only describe about 60% of what determines a diamond's value. They think it determines everything, and it determines more like 60%. And, and all the other things that determine a diamond's value are other factors. No one's even coined a phrase for them. I'm calling them other factors. And what makes a diamond difficult to sell is if, um, you don't, is if there are other factors that need to be looked at. If all of those other factors are clean, if there are no other issues, for example, no graining, no fluorescence, no... Uh, thick girdles, those are the kinds of things that fall into these other factors, mm -hmm. then anyone, any diamond dealer, for example, in New York, can make an offer on that diamond and buy it without seeing it. So diamonds that don't have, in the industry, they're called problem stones. And most stones are problem stones. Probably 85% of what's on the big e-tailer sites are, would have issues that are problem stones. So what we do at IceCap, we screen out all the problem stones. We have a very tight program standards. Um, so Whatever the color, clarity, carat weight, and so forth, we screen out all those problem stones, which means our our prices, if you compare them to other ETL sites, would look like they're not that low. But that's because you're not comparing apples to oranges. Um, so if a person wanted to have one of those no problem stones, one of those things where the other factors weren't a obstacle when it came time to liquidate, then we would be 
probably the best place in the world to buy a diamond. Mm -hmm. We would probably have the better price of anywhere in the world. However, does a jewelry buyer need to worry about that? Yeah. If they're buying a diamond engagement ring, do they need to have a diamond that, that can be liquidated and, and that is of investment quality? I'm not sure. Um, you can make a case either way, but if they want that, we would be a very good choice. Fantastic. Okay, so yeah, for anyone listening out there who may be thinking of buying something from their wife, you know, from Crypto Profits, I would definitely recommend checking it out. So um, the website itself, as we mentioned, is icecap.diamonds. If anyone wants to actually check out the assets that these guys have got available for trading, you can head over, as Jack mentioned, to opensea.io forward slash assets forward slash icecap dash diamonds. So I would, we'll put the link in the description below, but I mean, I'm just looking at it now and I think this is great. I mean, this is something that's not really been seen in crypto before. And I, I think it's a great use of these NFT ERC21 tokens that you, you've been mentioning. Um, sorry. If I can just interrupt, um, just in terms of getting to that marketplace where these tokens are, it, the easiest navigation path is just icecap.diamonds mm -hmm. and then click on the nav link that says visit exchange. That will get you there just with a few clicks. There you have it, guys. So, yeah, I mean, it's literally easy to go ahead, check out the marketplace, see what's available. Um, coming back to, to the company itself, Jack, um, you mentioned um, that you, you're a few months old and you've been working on this for the last couple of months. Um, do you want to tell us about what a, a working, a typical working day or week looks like for you working at IceCap? Yeah, and, and let's just tie in another um, a phenomena that's in the news these days, which is the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, um, I mean, I've been, ever since I sold my, my company Polygon, I've been working from home, telecommuting, working with various organizations, but always, you know, out of my home office. And, you know, you always feel a little bit down market when you do that, when you're not working in some big shiny skyscraper, you know, in some big city. Mm -hmm. But what's happened with COVID-19 is that that this distributed office thing has almost become the norm. Yeah. It's almost become the the 21st century preferred way of doing business. And, and that has been very valuable to us because it means that a large part of the cost that you might normally have, and I don't just mean dollar costs. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the cost you pay in terms of trying to find employees mm -hmm. who are, who are geographically in the same place you are and who are willing to report to an office every day and all the inefficiency that comes with that. And the fact that you have to pay them more because they're going to have to commute, you know, 30 minutes each day and, and all the other things. If you can cut adrift of all that and run a company just with distributed um, employees, then it just everything is so much easier. And so we were always planning to be distributed when it comes to ice cap. And then the virus came along and suddenly what we're doing is best practices. So that's been, <laughs> that's been very useful. Fantastic. Um, we talked a little bit about the, the team, um, you know, kind of the company. Mm -hmm. How has your, your team grown since you first came up with the idea? And how many employees are currently working there? Right. Well, um, having run um, a medium-sized company, a Polygon, where we had about 50 employees, um, <laughs> anyone who's done that uh, always, always lusts after a world where they can minimize the number of employees because mm -hmm. employees are, are so difficult. And what we're doing with IceCap, we're, it's a very, very simple business model. We never actually touch the diamonds. Mm -hmm. We subcontract everything out to very trusted uh, third parties in New York on 47th Street for both the grading, the storage, the, the, the procurement, and so forth. We only have three people that are full-time in, um, in ICECAP. 
and of, of those, uh, one of them, our COO, Chris Olson, was, um, was with me as our VP marketing at Polygon. So we've worked together many years. Um, and the other is my other son, Alex, not, not Eric, but Alex, who handles all the technology. He's the one that um, built, the, built and operates the website. He's the one that tokenizes the diamonds. He's the one that interacts with um, uh, OpenSea and gets the tokens up there and so forth. And, and Krista and I pretty much just sort of run everything else, the, the, the marketing, the, um, just all the, all the elements that go into the business itself. So a very small company, a very, well, we hope to be a very large company by revenue. We have uh, pretty aggressive sales growth, growth uh, projections, but it, and, and we'll grow as a company as that happens. We'll add employees. But for right now, we're able to do this with just the three of us, and as it scales, we'll, we'll get bigger. Fantastic. And I mean, I think that resonates with a, a lot of people who are listening out there who are, you know, starting up their own crypto startup. Um, you don't need a lot of employees in this industry. As you touched on, working remotely really helps as well because it doesn't tie, tie anyone down to an office location so you can find the right staff for your team quite easily. Yeah, and it makes working with independent um, contractors and agents and third parties, it just makes all that very fluid mm -hmm. and easy because everyone's sort of working remotely. Um, and we're all kind of on the same wavelength. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult in the past where you have one big office and everyone goes there except for one outlier who works remotely because <laughs> they happen to live in Montana or something. And they never are quite on the same wavelength as everybody else. They're always the person that's not in the office. Yeah. And I just think that stigma is gone in today's world. I agree. Um, and especially in the crypto industry where, you know, everything is done online anyway, it seems out of the norm to actually meet up to do something in person it, and do it online. It, it really does. And I remember when I was first meeting the people at, at both Pixura and at um, uh, OpenSea, who are both in New York, and I wanted I went to New York to meet with both of them, and I was asking, so where, where's your office? Where can I come? You know, blah, blah, blah. I want to choose a hotel that's near, near where you are. And there was, in both cases, kind of this long pause on the phone, like, well, we don't have an office. So it was almost like, why would we have an office? And so you end up, you know, meeting in restaurants or in, you know, hotel lobbies and so forth. Mm -hmm. But, but the, old, the whole idea of going to someone's office is kind of passe. Most definitely. Um, you mentioned about uh, as your team grows, you, you'll look for more employees. And um, what kind of qualities would you look for in, in a potential employee working at IceCap? Well, I, I just think most of how we're going to be growing is going to be um, opening up the diamond industry to the mainstream financial investment industry, you know, Wall Street, etc. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to be us selling tokens. We, we need to make our business compatible with the needs of the mainstream Wall Street financial community, which means a lot of outreach to that community, making mm -hmm. presentations, meeting with Wall Street houses. And when I say Wall Street, I mean, I'm also talking Hong Kong, Singapore, London. Um, so I think we need a team of people that, that is good at, at sort of liaisoning with that industry and, and getting them sort of being the bridge between what we're doing and what they're doing. But ultimately, I, I want those brokerage houses to be the ones that are out there selling diamonds in the same way they're the ones that sell new issuances of IBM stock or, or gold bullion or commodities or whatever they're selling. I think we don't want to reinvent the financial industry. We want to piggyback on what's already there. And so that's how I, I see us growing. I, I wouldn't want to mention that our marketing, our first year, we intend to market pretty much exclusively to the crypto world um, because nobody else understands what we're doing. No mm -hmm. one understands what a token even is. 
what the crypto people do. And right now the crypto people have money. They're looking for what they can do with it and interesting things they can diversify into. So that's kind of our target market in the beginning. But then by year two, we want to be aggressively going after the mainstream financial associations. I think it makes perfect sense. And like you said, people in crypto are making tons of money right now. I think it's always a safe um, bet to, to believe that some people want to you know, diversify their income or their assets into something a little bit more stable than just hold you know 99% of their portfolio in crypto. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's all about diversification. You know? And by the way, I, I once asked Eric, why would a person want to invest in diamonds? Why would they not want to invest just in gold and silver? And he said, well, it's the principle of diversification. As long as diamonds move differently than gold and silver, then there's, an, there's a value in diversifying so that you're not just a slave to whatever gold does. And it's true, diamonds do move in a different, they generally go up and down with hard assets, but they're not nearly as speculative as mm -hmm. gold and silver investments have been. So it does make sense as, a, as just a reasonable asset portfolio diversification move. I, I agree. Um, just wrapping up here, Jack, it's been really interesting to hear the story about where you've come from and what, what, what you guys are building. Um, for anyone listening out there, I mean, you've got a lot of experience in business. As you mentioned, you created your first company like 40 years ago in the late 70s, early 80s. And building a successful blockchain-based project is quite tough because it's a quite a new industry. And what sort of advice can you give from you know your experience in the, the, the real world, let's say, and also from creating IceCap? In, you know, what advice could you give to anyone who's interested in launching their own crypto startup? Oh, yeah. I just think this is such an exciting time to be in this crypto space, to be in business at all, but specifically to be in the, you know, I like to use analogies. It's kind of like the old West in the good way. You know, America has just opened up and suddenly look at all the business opportunities or, mm -hmm. or imagine if electricity had just been invented, but nothing else, just electricity. Well, think of all the things you can do with electricity. Um, so my advice would be, you know, look at the blockchain world and, and the concept of crypto and tokens, not as they are today, but what, but it's what they could be. These are new tools that have been invented. We just discovered electricity. We just discovered fire. We just discovered the steam engine. What, what can we do with these tools? And the idea of what we're doing at IceCap is, is using these tools to solve the barriers to people wanting to invest in diamonds. That's a great use. But, but think of how many other tens of thousands of uses there must be out there for this new technology. And and one thing that you were saying regarding sort of your organization, blockchain enterprises, it's one of my frustrations with crypto and my friends who aren't really into it. And they're always talking about what's the what's the Bitcoin price? What's mm -hmm. the Ethereum price? Should I buy Bitcoin? Should I not buy Bitcoin? It's like, you idiots. You know, we've just invented fire and electricity and you're trying to figure out how to make a quick buck off an investment move. Mm -hmm. You're missing the whole picture. This is a this is a new world that's been invented. And sure, if you can make money speculating, great, go for it. But that's not what this is all about. So my advice would be, you know, don't be like my friends who think it's all about, you know, tulip mania and making a quick buck on price movements. No, no, no. It's about a new technology that has an endless, an infinity of applications that are going to be out there. And just go think, you know, stare at the ceiling, think of new ideas, come up with some and run with them. Fantastic. I mean, that's a really, really good advice. And it just leads us on to our last question. Like, where do you see the biggest opportunities for growth in blockchain over the next couple of years? Um, well, if you zoom out and you look, and here I get all dreamy-eyed like I just did about all the things you can eventually do with, with uh, 
crypto and blockchain and where the industry is going to go and all the new things that will make possible. Yeah, that you know what that's that's my dream and that's what I see the future. But but let's let's get a little more real. Let's let's zoom in a little bit more. Right now, I mean, most people probably the man on the street will have heard of Bitcoin, may not have heard of blockchain. Ask him what Bitcoin is; they're not going to know. Um, very few people have a Bitcoin wallet. Very few people have ever done a Bitcoin transaction. So I would focus on the baby steps. You know, we right now we need to convert this mysterious Bitcoin crypto blockchain world that no one understands into a world that everyone kind of does understand. You know, I'd I'd like to see people having Bitcoin wallets, crypto wallets, as commonly as they have PayPal accounts or or Visa Mastercards in their billfold. I'd like to see um, high schools teach what the technology of the blockchain is and how it works in the same way when I was in high school, they taught us trigonometry and how to use a slide rule. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really useful. But today, how useful would it be for people to understand blockchain even as you know, juniors and seniors in high school? Yeah. Um, those are the kinds of things. I'd, I'd like to see the whole world um, of of onboarding people into blockchain companies like like getting Coinbase accounts and so forth. I'd like to see it made easier, simpler, more transparent, more frictionless. That's where I think the baby step should be. You know, just make get, get rid of the friction, make it easier, easier, easier. Fantastic. And I think it's it's definitely kind of pointing in the right direction of how to um to, to increase adoption is like you say, if if things are made easier. I mean right now no one would remember their Bitcoin address, let alone, you know, um, a 24 seed key. So yeah, it's uh, right. right now it's, it's not like viable for people to kind of be using this on a day-to-day -day basis. But as you mentioned, as the technology develops, maybe we'll come to a stage in five, 10 year time where blockchain technology is being used in a whole variety of industries and people don't really know because they don't need to. It's just kind of making life easier. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I, I use a car pretty heavily. I have no idea how an engine works, but I, I, I sure know how a car works. I know how to get from A to B, and uh, eventually probably blockchain will be a similar thing. Um, that will be the, the engineers that know all the cool things you can do with it, but most people will just be using it the way we use electricity today. Exactly. Um, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast, Jack. It's been really, really interesting to hear your story and you know the growth of your, your upcoming project, Ice Cap Diamonds. Just as we wrap up and before we go, do you want to just give a quick shout out for where people can find you, where they can find the website, and if they've got any information, how they can get in touch? Sure. Um, again, the, the URL is pretty easy, icecap.diamonds. And a lot of people don't know that .diamonds is a top-level domain, but it is. So we're icecap.diamonds. Uh, you go there, it explains everything we're doing. You can link and see the actual tokens up there on OpenSea. You can bid on them, you can buy them, you can redeem them and actually receive the diamond and use it for jewelry. Um, obviously, we get there, you feel free to contact us with any questions you have and any advice or ideas. Uh, we're uh, looking forward to uh, being an important part of this industry, and it's very exciting for us. Fantastic. Um, right, so yeah, just again, big thank you for, for coming on. It would be interesting to see your journey, and we'd hope to have you back on in a few months' time. Love it. Thanks so much. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Blockchain Enterprises podcast. We hope you can get inspired from Jack's story and his advice. 
you wish to get more information about IceCap, you can check out the links in the description below. And finally, if you're interested in learning more about how to generate revenue streams in the crypto space, or if you are interested in becoming a sponsor of our podcast, then visit our website at www.blockchainenterprisespodcast.com.